When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to the NUFC blogcast as we preview the Liverpool game on Sunday afternoon. Loads to talk about. Eddie Howe has spoken this morning. We've got some Klopp quotes. We're going to do predicted 11, key battles, our predictions. Loads to talk about once again on the NUFC blogcast. Hello, Ollie. You're right. You're looking forward to the game on uh, Sunday. Yeah, I am. I'm. Uh, I'm hoping we'll get some revenge on Liverpool because uh, I think I think they're the one team since Howe's come in we haven't actually got a result against yet. I might be wrong. Yeah, I think that yeah, is right. That well, that um, one at Anfield we were so unlucky, weren't we, last season in the 96th minute or something that they scored. But yeah, but yeah, I, I just, and then we had the whole Pope debacle and the other one. Although that was after we were two 0 down. So yeah, I think yeah, yeah, not great against Liverpool. I think there's been like a mixture of things. There's always been a bit of a rivalry, I'd say, with Liverpool just naturally because it's a big game, but. I think the mixture of the sort of that late defeat at Anfield where it wasn't just a goal that shouldn't have stood in the 97th minute, but Isaac's offside, which I think was so marginal, it felt it felt unfair. Then you've got Klopp and all the Liverpool staff giving it large to Eddie Howe and Jason Tindall at Anfield. Then the way they ended up beating us at St. James's Park, like we were so up for that game ahead of the cup final. And it turned out being one of those games where we were all over them with 10 men, to be honest. But yeah. um, Nick Pope got sent off and missed the final. And then since then, you've, snidey comments from Klopp and fortunately they didn't catch us up last year and we were we finished comfortably above them in the top four race didn't we but uh but yeah I really want to get one over them now and um it would be some start of the season wouldn't it if we could follow the 5-1 win over Villa with uh another big home win here so yeah I can't wait for it yeah it's going to be amazing I mean we've said I think a couple of episodes ago that Klopp I just he's almost unbearable these little comments here and there and and just it's so hypocritical everything's just so hypocritical so so anyway yeah no it'd be great to beat them I mean let's talk about it let's get into it so how can we watch it what time is it on tell us the basics Ollie yeah so for anyone who, who isn't going to St James's Park it's a half four kickoff on Sunday and it's actually on Sky Sports so so I mean to be honest with you so many of our games are on Sky these days I think there was a first run last five, season or something or yeah, first oh, yeah. five on TV or something. Yeah. I can't remember exactly what it is. I know obviously we've had, we've had the Villa game on, we've had the Man City game on TNT sports. This one's on Sky. I think the Brighton game, the following weeks, a half five kickoff on Saturday night, I think. Um, I, I might be going to that. I'll be good. If oh, nice. Do. Yeah. So, so, yeah, so yeah, yeah, there's, there's loads of games on TV. I mean, so it's, it's uh that's one thing I've really noticed since the takeover. Obviously there was an interest in the relegation battle and things like that. And then, I pushed towards the top four. All of the cup games were, well, most of the cup games were shown, but I think there was a run between the turn of the year and May where something like 14 or 15 games were shown on TV or something silly. Oh, so that's got to be helping the money coming in. But uh, but yeah, half four kickoff on, on Sky this Sunday. Half four on Sunday. Yeah, our hard run continues. We've had City, as you said, we've had Villa, although they didn't seem that hard in the end. So yeah, a, a win at Liverpool. I think... It's a bit of a, an interesting game, isn't it? Because if we lose against Liverpool at home, then, okay, three points in three games, I'm not going to complain. But some people on the Twitter-verse and the social media world will. Are three points in three games, you know, I thought we were a big club now. I thought, you know, all this sort of nonsense goes on. If we draw, it's probably going to be much of a muchness. 
But if we win, we're completely going to get carried away. Which we, 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 no, nothing's going to be normal, really, with Newcastle. It never is, isn't it? But um, yeah, yeah, hoping for a win. Hoping for a win. Uh, what was what are the teams looking like, Ollie? Yeah, so injury Eddie news Howe's or anything like that. Yeah. Yeah, Eddie Howe's spoken in the press this morning with his with his uh, update on injuries and stuff like that. And the big positive is that Joe Linton's fine. So he said that he didn't train at the start of the week, which explains why when there was photos from the, the club's training ground on NUFC.co.uk, why he wasn't part of any of those sessions. And obviously, naturally, fans get worried, thinking, oh, where is he? But yeah, he said he's, fingers crossed, he'll be fine, which, to be honest with you, means he's fit. If if, if Howe's saying Joe Linton's fine, I'm pretty sure he's going to be uh, fit for Sunday. So that's great news, because I think his his sort of physicality and the way he smashes into tackles and gets sort of sets the tempo in terms of the pressing and the physicality of our midfield's massive. Um, yeah. So I'm really, I mean, we've, don't get me wrong, we've got options there. We've we've talked about the last few weeks that obviously Sean Longstaff's there waiting in the wings. Even Elliot Anderson's been unlucky not to start a game yet. So we've got options there, but I think against the Liverpool midfield who are still settling into this new, well, it's not a new system, but it's a new dynamic having Sabozlai, McAllister, they haven't signed a natural like number six yet. Well, sorry, they have got the, the Japanese guy Enzo. And Endo, uh, Endo, I think. Yeah. Endo, that's it. Endo, yeah. not Enzo. Um, <laughs> Endo was but... something you did on a bike when I was younger. It's when you broke and the back wheel went up, opposite <laughs> to a wheelie. But now he's a defensive right. midfielder for Liverpool. So there you go. Hmm. But yeah, so I'm not... <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna say this podcast is very insightful. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. That's all I can add. But yeah, go on, give give us but, some uh, actual information. <laughs> So, so, yeah, but other updates, I mean, he's not going to be fit until after the international break, but um, Eddie Howe said that Joe Willock's making really good progress from his hamstring injury. It said he's been a, as strong as it's been since he had the injury. It was when we beat Brighton 4-1 back in May, he pulled up and you could tell it was a bad one. He had to be like helped off the pitch and he hasn't featured it all over pre-season and won't be fit for sort of in terms of actually being in the squad and featuring until after the international break. But it's really good news that he's making good progress. There wasn't any update, I don't think, on Jacob Murphy, who missed Man City because his wife went into labour. But I'm presuming now the um, child's being born and things like that. I think he should be he should be back. You'd hope he might have. He might Roy have been Keane, there. Roy, Roy Keane would expect him back. You've seen that oh, clip yeah. where it's like, uh, what is it? Something. <laughs> what is it? It's doing in- interviews. Ah, oh, uh, Robbie Keane or something might not be available to play. I can't remember who it was. Uh, why his wife's gone into labour? Roy Keane's like, well. Is he giving birth? <laughs> Come on. Uh, but yeah, no, he should, he should be back. <laughs> the baby's being born now, so he might be a bit okay. sleep deprived, but he should be back in the squad. Um, yeah. But yeah, congrats to Jacob Murphy and his partner. And then yeah. Javier Manquillo, he's apparently due to train today, but again, that's an update on his fitness, but I, I doubt he's going to be playing. I mean, as we've mentioned, Tino Livermento is now the backup to Trippier, so I don't think we'll see Manquillo. And then Emil Kraft's still out. So, so yeah, positive news on Joe Linton. Uh, Howe also said that Fabian Shaw's fine. I know we didn't really have much reason to believe he wouldn't be, but obviously he was carrying that hamstring injury in part of pre-season, but he's fine. And obviously we mentioned that at Man City, him and Sven Botman were, was obviously, we were a little bit, I wouldn't say we were flat that day, but it wasn't the best performance, but I think the two at the back were outstanding, weren't they? So, so yeah, positive on Joe Linton. Willock's making good progress. Mankio's fit again. Murphy should be back. Um, so yeah, there's a lot of positives really from the team news and, I was kind of dreading how coming out and saying, oh, yeah, Joe Linton's picked up a sort of hamstring injury that's going to keep him out for weeks, but he seems to be fine. So, so yeah, that was good news. Um, there's other sort of a few updates from Howe's press conference as well. He's he's kind of all but confirmed that Ryan Fraser's going to Southampton. So that's all come out this morning that he's close to joining Southampton on a season-long loan deal. So it doesn't really in- infect our first-team plans much because he's been training with the reserves for, I think, all year, to be honest with you. 
Um, but it's good to move him on because I think I think I mentioned a while back he's meant to be on about seventy five grand a week, which is crazy. But that's going to help shift a bit of money off the wage bill. Um, Does this mean we might sign another player? That's all anyone wants to know. <laughs> well, I don't think so. To be honest with you, I mean okay. I have mentioned that. I still thought if there was several players moved on, so if if Isaac Hayden, Jeff Hendrick, and even say Mankia also moved on. I wondered if that would give us a bit of wiggle room to then bring in a centre-back on loan or something like that. But to be honest with you, the more I think about it, I just wonder whether Newcastle are going to just buy their time and not rush into getting a centre-back on loan. Because let's face it, the sort of players who will be available on loan in the last week of the window probably aren't an upgrade on Fabian Shaw. There's not many loan deals that... I mean, back in the Mike Ashley days and the Steve Bruce days, we probably would love a, a loan for someone like... I don't know, like a Trevor Chalaber at Chelsea would see that as a really good signing, whereas now he wouldn't get into our team and probably wouldn't improve us. So I think we're probably going to just bide our time with that. But who knows? I mean, um, Eddie Howe did say that unless he added this this morning, it's still the same situation with with incomings, I think, that unless something happens to a couple of the players in one position before the window shuts, we won't be adding to the squad. That's what he said. So to be honest with you, it sounds like any incomings would be dependent on injuries and not more outgoings, but but you never know with Eddie Howe. He might be keeping his cards close to his chest and just playing down expectations because if the right deal does pop up in the last week and we've got some room from an FFP perspective to sign someone else, then who knows? Um, but yeah, there was um, also an update on Bruno. I know you obviously responded to that tweet. Um, it was kind of like great to see him defending the players in the club and not really taking any any of the criticism because it's it was silly really that there was overreactions to to the Man City game but he was just saying Bruno is a very like an emotional person and um he kind of he's used that really well with the supporters but he thinks it's probably a little lesson not to not to take that into social media because obviously it's not it's I mean it's it's not a big deal at all there's no real need to to, to stress about it or for it to make the headlines but I no, think obviously yeah. it's not great that he says something and then he, he deletes it and you don't want it to become a little mini saga, do you, that Bruno's getting frustrated with fans. So so yeah, he just he just said it's probably a little lesson not for him to be for him not to be too over emotional with with sort of Twitter posts and social media activity and stuff. But um, Yeah. As we said, yeah. there would have been a PR guy with his hands in his head when he saw that, just going, Doesn't matter yeah. how good the point is, just please don't don't get involved. Because yeah. you're right, you don't want it to become this thing of, oh, Bruno's getting annoyed at the fans and then we lose another game and he plays badly and someone else said something and then it just gets bigger and yeah. bigger and bigger. <laughs> You don't want it to escalate. I mean, I think obviously he, he said himself he's really happy here, but there has been, um, it's taken a while for him to sign this new contract. I think, I'm, I'm not sure what the details are. The last thing I heard is that he, his team were wanting a little bit more money than we were offering. But with that mixed in with him, in some people's eyes, not performing quite as well as he did when he first came, you're right. You don't want this to become a thing. So, um, so yeah. But yeah, aside from that, Eddie Howe also just mentioned about Lewis Hall. Um, just saying that he caught the eye the first time he saw him. I mean, his Premier League debut was actually in that uh, Chelsea's defeat at St. James's Park last year. And yeah. he was talking about he really likes his attitude, his physicality, his technical ability. And he praised how versatile he was as well. He was, he said he's played at left back, left wing back, left wing, centre mid and centre back during his career. So he's very versatile. <laughs> and he's only so, uh, still 18 or something and he's already done all that. Wow. I know, exactly. So so that's promising. But um so yeah, that's just to be fair it. for Curtin Castro's under tens. I played every position one season: goalkeeper, <laughs> left back, right back, centre back. But that's the level's slightly different, you know. <laughs> utility, slightly man. less important. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Utility man. Yeah. So James Milner. Um, yeah, but, but uh, yeah, but, just one last thing. How said really? Obviously, on the the game with Liverpool, he was kind of mentioning a bit like we said at the start that the defeat last year kind of 
were difficult to take and pretty painful for the team. But I remember after that defeat at Anfield, uh, where they scored in the last minute, we went on a brilliant run. So I think if you combine the slight frustration of not quite laying a glove on City on Saturday night and also wanting to get one over Liverpool, who are not just kind of a rival based on recent uh, games we've had with them, but also the fact they're a top four, a direct top four rival now. I think we're going to be really up for this. Um, so yeah, he's he's kind of played down any rivalry with Klopp, with Klopp as well, because they said, what's his relationship like with Klopp? What has he made about some of the comments that Klopp made about Newcastle being really active on the touchline? And he had a little dig at Jason Tindall. And um, Eddie Howe basically said that he doesn't really have a relationship with other managers because they're all rivals to him. So he tends to keep them sort of... Um, keep them at arm's length and that's just Addy Howe all over isn't he just he's so focused on Newcastle and improving us he doesn't really I don't think he really thinks about building relationships with with other managers but uh but yeah I think it's going to be a really a really big game and one where Eddie Howe will also be wanting to get one over Liverpool because like I say it's the one club we haven't actually got a result against yet since since he took the job yeah no it's going to be I think it's going to be great atmosphere Sunday afternoon Ooh, you yeah. know we would have had all weekend few drinks will be flowing it's gonna be it's gonna be great and i'm gonna i'm gonna to have to watch it on tv unfortunately i think uh but uh but yeah no it's gonna be great looking forward to it let's take a quick break and then we'll come back and we'll do predicted 11 key battles predictions all sorts of things so uh let's take a quick break welcome back so uh ollie is that is that sort of the the press conferences that's that that's that's what came out of them anything else or yeah i mean is how we worth- are we set it's probably worth mentioning a few things Jurgen Klopp said. I mean, he actually didn't say much that would rile Newcastle fans, which was a surprise because he normally has a little dig here and there. And we mentioned that where last weekend Pep Guardiola was full of praise and compliments and quite gracious, like Klopp would never be like that. But he's actually been quite complimentary. So he said Newcastle have got an incredibly strong team. They fully deserve to qualify for the Champions League. Um, he mentioned that he thinks Tonali and Barnes have been our standout signings of the summer. Praise the sort of business we've done. Um, talked about our super intense style as he worded it um, in the sort of high press that we've had and how he's been preparing his players since last Sunday for the, like, the St. James's Park atmosphere and the um, the sort of game we're going to play. The only slight dig I think he, he made, which wasn't a direct dig, but some fans won't agree with it, is he kind of said we um, we were exceptional against Villa, but he didn't think the scoreline told the full story. He thought Villa were actually very good and... Um, Quite a few people have said this. I don't know what they mean. Yeah. What do you mean Villa were good? What does that mean? Yeah. Like, we beat them 5-1 and we slice through them every single time because they're playing a high line. Are they seeing? Are they so tactically astute that they're seeing different things to us? Do they just see Matrix I mean, code coming down the screen? What are they talking about? <laughs> I think I think he's probably... I mean, this is exactly what he said. He said, he's from Newcastle, he said, they played a really good first game where Aston Villa were really good as well. In the end, the result probably didn't reflect the full game. So all I can think there is maybe in the opening half an hour, Villa actually looked a threat. Moussa Diaby was getting in behind. They were they were in the game. And maybe at that point, no one was expecting a 5-1 and it didn't look like a 5-1 game. But that doesn't change the fact that as soon as Mings went off and as soon as the sort of game... I mean, the first 30 minutes of any Premier League opener is often a little bit cagey, but... So that maybe they're looking at it and thinking for the first half an hour it looked quite even, well, but then it's... they need to say that then because it's frustrating me. I don't understand how you can watch a yeah. team lose five one and get absolutely annihilated. Could have been you seven what Alex or eight Ferguson one. Said? And then uh, I got seven or eight one, and then say they played really well. No, what did Alex Ferguson yeah. say? The poor bloke's going a bit senile. I think he's saying all sorts like Everton going to win the league and stuff. What's he said now? <laughs> yeah, so I think it was I, I think it was before Man United's game against Wolves on the, it was the first Monday this first Monday night football of the season, I think, and. 
he came onto the pitch and was speaking to like it was like NBC Sports, like an American company, and they asked him. He said, "Who's impressed you most over the first weekend of the Premier League?" And he said, <laughs> "Aston Villa." <laughs> but honestly, I was lost for words because I, I wasn't really sure how he was uh... going to explain it. And he just said, "He just said he couldn't believe that they lost five one. It wasn't a five one game." And I thought, "You're right. It wasn't a five one game. We should have beaten six or seven. <laughs> uh, I, I just don't. It's either. Everyone is trying to sound really clever and say, oh, yeah, no, they played really well, you know, like, you know, tactically. I saw that was what they were trying to do. So either, it's either that or they genuinely can, they're, they're just so tactically astute and knowledge of the game that they see something that us, us fans don't. It's just the been, stupidest thing. Everyone's, <laughs> yeah, I'll just bitter. I just don't like just us. Bitter, yeah. <laughs> just bitter or senile, one of the two. That's, that's absolutely classic. Alex Ferguson, who played best over the... Over the opening weekend, are uh, the team that lost the by the biggest margin. They were absolutely fantastic. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it still baffles me that one. But yeah, Klopp was pretty complimentary, really, about Eddie Howe, and um, I think they've said as well he's 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 got the best record against Howe than any other manager. I think based on his results, um, mm. but records are there to be broken. He, he did mention there that the one. The one game he has lost was away to Bournemouth, I think, in the Premier League. One of his in his, his first season or two, but um, but yeah, this is a different Newcastle. This is a different Liverpool as well. Um, so yeah, oh, I'm... completely different. Yeah, completely. I mean, Liverpool yeah. in transition, aren't they? There's even rumours that Salah's off. Did did Klopp comment on that at all? Yeah, so he did. So he said there hasn't even been an offer because for anyone who hasn't seen it, Saudi, one of the big Saudi sides, Al Itihad, they're called the team who signed Benzema and Golo Kante. So it all came out yesterday from like the Athletic that. Apparently, they're showing serious interest in Mo Salah. But basically, Klopp just came out today and said he's committed to Liverpool. There's no chance. They haven't even made a bid, but kind of like he just shut it down, to be honest. So, yeah, I think that probably won't unsettle them much. But it, it might. I mean, who knows? Who knows what Mo Salah's thinking? Has has the offer of being the highest paid player in the world turned his head slightly? I don't know. Mm. Um, I doubt yeah, it's had much I saw, impact. But I, I saw some people saying, oh, I did, you know, why would he go? He's got enough money. A couple of things on that. Like, first of all, this, this we're talking about ten times the money he's earning now, pretty much. We're talking about him moving to a Muslim country where he's a Muslim, closer to cl- closer back to home for him. Mm. Liverpool aren't looking like. I mean, they, they've started, you know, with two wins or whatever, but they're not looking like they're going to be winning the title anytime soon. I don't think they're in transition. Well, to I be fair, t- I'm going to say it was it was one. It was a, they got a point at Chelsea where they were holding on at times in the Bournemouth game. That's right. Yeah, first. point. Yeah. So yeah, so, yeah I mean, they they're not looking amazing, convincing. Right? They're not looking convincing. So. Like I could totally see if he if he left, you know. Yeah. And people saying, "Oh, I don't get it. They're already on two hundred and fifty grand a week." Do you know what? In the eighteen hundreds, the richest man in the world was asked, "How much is enough?" And his answer, "A little bit more." And that's <laughs> that. And that's human nature, you know. But yeah, these, you're these right. I mean, players are earning this; they just want more. The fact that they haven't gotten the Champions League, and I mean, I don't, who knows? But they they haven't really made the statement signing in midfield that they thought they were going to. I, well, I know McAllister and Sabozlai are good signings, but the whole Casado saga wouldn't have impressed Salah, I don't think, that they ended up getting... And then even Lavia. And then even exactly. Lavia, they, you know, they didn't get him either. They messed it up, really, didn't they? So, I mean, to be honest with you, I think I think it's one of those where when Liverpool fans are already a little bit frustrated by some of the players they've missed out on in midfield, I think selling their star player and let's face it one of the best goal scoring wingers the Premier League's probably ever seen with with one week of the window left to to go I think there would be absolute uproar there so I think even if Salah fancied the move I don't think Liverpool are going to allow it so so yeah but that's that's just one that might unsettle them a little bit going into the game but um but yeah who knows I mean it'll be good to beat him as well so Sabozla I can see that he's made the wrong decision there 
yeah because if we were in, we, i mean we never wanted him of course but no, no. you know but 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 you know he needs to see the uh, the atmosphere yeah. and that he should have should have come to Newcastle. Okay, just uh, one little bit, just quickly. Yeah, sorry, on. before we go into our predicted eleven. So Klopp actually gave an update on the injuries and things like that and availability, and it's worth mentioning. So Alexis McAllister, who got sent off in their three-one win over Bournemouth on Saturday, they've appealed that and they've had it overturned. So McAllister will now be fit for the game. Well, not fit; he'll be available. Sorry, uh, for the game. Trent Alexander-Arnold was also spotted limping off. When they played Bournemouth, he's also been past fit. But the, the good news, I suppose, is that Canate, the big centre-back, he's an absolute unit. He's actually a doubt for the game. It looks like he's got a muscle injury, so I'm pretty sure he's not going to play, which when he's coming up against Isaac, who obviously has all of that pace that he, I'm not saying he could have coped with, but he, like I say, Canate is a unit and he he's quite, he's quite quick, I think, for the size of him as well. So I think him being out or potentially out is probably good news for us because it could mean that uh, Joe Gomez comes in, who I thought was awful when they when they played at St James's Park last season. They've also got Joe Matip, but he's not known for his pace, I wouldn't say, and, and he's also a bit of a injury risk all the time as well. So I think Canate being out could be good news for us. Um, Thiago's also out still, the midfielder, and um, Curtis Jones is also out. So there's a little update there on availability. So I'd say they've got more issues with us than us going into the game, especially now. Um, Canate looks like he's going to miss it. No, they're sorry. I was muted. <laughs> no, they're definitely um, they've definitely got more issues than us, haven't they? So I think that yeah, yeah, it's a good time. It's just like it was a good time to play Man City the other week. It's a good time to play Liverpool, and they are they so. are you know City are obviously we're not really in a battle with them. They're title contenders. I don't think we are. It'd be great yeah, if we were, yeah. but I don't think we are. So, but Liverpool are top four contenders. So this is a big game, and like Villa yeah. were actually. So, and it would what I mean if we win this and we get six points from our first three games. With those fixtures, it'll be absolutely brilliant. Style. Yeah, so. massive, yeah. And, and like you say as well, it's not just the, the point. It's also getting one over a rival, not just psychologically, but just, I mean, we used to say it as six-pointers at the bottom, didn't we? Like, oh, if we beat Norwich, it's a six-pointer. Whereas now, if we beat Liverpool, that's a six-pointer in the top four race. And it's early days, but it all counts for <clears throat> in a few months' time where we're battling battling these teams to try and edge them out. So, So, yeah, but I think it is a good time to play them because... Like you say, they're in like a transition phase where the likes of Sabozlai and McAllister are still settling into their midfield. They haven't signed that top number six yet. And even if Endo does play the Japanese midfielder, it'll be his full Premier League debut away at St. James's Park, where it might be sort of a baptism of fire. So I think it's a good time to play their midfield. Um, and like I say, Canati out as well is is a good thing. So so yeah, I definitely think it's a good time to play them. Yeah, no, it's looking good. Predicted 11s. Go on, Ollie, what do you reckon? You're, you're getting you've been pretty good at this so far. <clears throat> um, Last right. week, predicted unchanged, and I kind of thought that, but it would try to be different, so I said Barnes might come in. Is this the week Barnes comes in? Well, I'm going to say no. Um, okay. You're going to go unchanged, aren't you? Yes, I am, actually, because and I, for me, there's, there's probably three or four areas of the pitch where you could say how has got a dilemma. So some people are calling for Lewis Hall to start. I think there's absolutely no chance. I mean, I know people will say it is our big new left-back signing and the one we've been crying out for, but I for a start, I think Burn a more defensive left back up against Salah is probably what he'll go for anyway. Even if both were fully fit and used to the team, but Hall's only trained for a few days. He's only eighteen. There's no chance House chucking him in against Salah and, and Arnold down that right hand side. So I think Burn keeps his place. And then in midfield, obviously there was the, there was the debate in the opening game of the season whether it would be Tonali or Longstaff or Anderson. I think. Well, you've already seen what Tonali did in his first Premier League game at St James's Park, so there's, I think there's no chance he loses his place. Joe Linton's fit, so he he keeps obviously his place. And then out wide, that's the big one. Well, the front three. I mean, 
a lot of people I know yourself are hoping, well, I think you're either hoping or predicting Barnes comes in. But again, if you go back to our first game of the season where Gordon was brilliant down the left, offensively and defensively, I don't think he loses his place yet. I don't think he's... I don't think he sort of warrants being dropped. Um, we're not in that stage yet where you'd need to rotate to keep his legs fresh. So, and then down the right, Almiron was poor at Man City. His final ball was 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 poor, and he, he was losing the ball quite a bit, and not showing that quality he did in patches last season. But again, I, he he and, and Trippier down that right hand side have got quite a good understanding, and they're going to be up against like Robertson, who'll get forward, and, and Diaz down the left, who'll be really tricky. He started the season really well, so I just don't see how. Let's just say he did start Barnes on the left and, and looked at Gordon on the right even. I think that's a risky tactic when A, the opposition are, are, are going to be tough to deal with, but then B, that sort of side worked so well against Villa in the first game. So um, obviously they, you could argue he's got a big decision to make whether it's Wilson or, or Isaac because, I mean, it's it might be unfair on Wilson, you could argue, for three games in a row in the start of the season for him to, to be on the bench. But I just think Isaac, as I've said, before it's just our star player really and difference maker so so yeah I'm thinking Pope, Trippier, Shaw, Botman, Byrne, Tonali, Bruno, Joe Linton and then Gordon, Isaac and Almiron I think it'll be the, just the same team that started the first two games because I just don't think how we'll lose faith that quickly especially when you just need to look at our last game at St James's Park and the way we blew Villa away I think you'll just be going to ask them to do the same thing again to be honest. Yeah I think you're probably right I think you're probably right I mean I, I suppose changes yeah the, the, the possible changes are uh, Barnes coming in and maybe even as you said Gordon going over to the right instead of Almiron but um... just such a new dynamic that isn't it because yeah, it, I think there's a big emphasis now isn't there on the wingers to track back and Gordon will have to watch Salah um, Almiron will be watching Diaz and obviously Robert to Neil bomb forward and if you put Barnes on the left and, and, and Gordon on the right it's a totally new dynamic it's exciting from an attacking point of view but the dynamic of how they sort of press and get back and, and cope with marauding fullbacks or the winger they're going to have to go back and and, and track it's just a, a quite a new dynamic and trialing that against Liverpool just would seem risky to me and unlike how but who knows he might he might spring a surprise yeah who knows and I guess Liverpool are going to be the the, the Liverpool we know Alisson in goal Trent right back Robertson left back Van Dijk and is it Canati at the moment or is it well Matic? no he's he's injured Canati so I think it'll be it'll be Matip or Gomez I, I, I don't okay. know who will go for really I would, I would guess Matip yeah, for his experience it. And then, and then it'll be McAllister, Shabozlai, and Endo holding, and then it'll be Salah, Jota, and Diaz. Probably, they're, 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 well, that seems so. to be the team they're going for. Yeah, I mean, I had a look, and the midfield they played against Bournemouth was Shabozlai, McAllister, and Gakpo playing as like a number ten, I think. But I, I do wonder against Newcastle's midfield, who were obviously full of energy and they're tough and the real physicality there. I don't think you'll play Gakpo, Shabozlai, and McAllister against us. But then on the flip side. Will he throw Endo in for his Premier League debut against against Newcastle? Because Endo did come on against Bournemouth, but he hasn't started for them yet. So, um, so that's a, that's I think that's one to watch. Who Liverpool start in midfield? Um, so yeah, are you thinking same lineup, or are you expecting a, a few changes? Um, no, I think I think I think that's I think that's about right. I think that's what it's going to be. I mean, I think you, I think they'll play Endo. They'll play a holding six Liverpool because. You know, with our midfield three, Tonali and Joe Linton and Bruno, I just think you'd be mad not to play a holding player, particularly when we're at home. So, yeah, no, I, I agree with everything you said. I, I really want it to be a bit more like, 
being, me being able to say, oh, no, I think it's going to be different so we can have, you know, a big argument on the pod and it's exciting for listeners. But really, I think it's going to be unchanged for, for Newcastle and then that's going to be the right, team for Liverpool. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah, there it. you go. Well, uh, and you've kind of touched on it, but the key battles, what are the key battles, do you think? I mean, it's the midfield, obviously, but it, it, it's it's what, Dan Byrne against Salah, it's 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 uh, uh, Trippier against, you know, uh, Robertson and, and, and maybe Sibyl yeah, slide yeah. down that side or something. What, what do you reckon? Yeah, well, I think that I think the big ones just down the flanks, really, because it's if if you isolate Dan Byrne, it's Mo Salah running at Dan Byrne or trying to get beyond him with balls in behind. You'd worry there, and obviously you've also got Gordon, who will have to track Alexander Arnold, who we know all the quality he has if he gets crosses into the box down the right. So I think it's if if we can push. Obviously, Mo Salah doesn't really get that much. He's not really known for his defensive work, and also adding to that, Alexander Arnold's not known to be a good one-on-one defender. So. I think if we can take the momentum and push Liverpool back and get Trippier on, not Trippier, Alexander Arnold on the back foot and sort of stop him from getting forward and obviously using his creativity in Liverpool's half, I think that could be a big one. But on the flip side, if if Gordon can't protect Byrne enough and it's Alexander Arnold and Salah sort of running right down that right, that would be a problem. So I think it's winning the battles down the flanks and it's sort of having more territory will be big. And just like down the right hand side, Trippier often pushes up and links with Almiron, but then. Uh, Diaz has been sort of really lively at the start of the season. He's a really good dribbler. He's draws fouls and he's just he's really difficult to stop. So that's an, a, a similar situation down that side. I think it's important to to push them back and um because I think I mean Trippier's still a very good defender, but I think if Diaz isolated him, he'd probably have the pace and the trickery to cause him problems. So so yeah, I think down the flanks is a big battle, and also in midfield, like if they don't start Endo and go with Gakpo again. I'm hoping we can sort of outrun and outpower their midfield. But if they do, it's it's kind of how can he cope against the likes of Joe Linton and Tenali and Bruno who will be at him, at him from the off. So yeah, I think that's a big one. And also the centre-back who comes in for Canati, if, if it's Matip or Gomez. Um, I mean, Isaac's one of the most sort of, the most exciting sort of dribblers and elusive like strikers in the Premier League, I think, like for the height of him, the way he can carry the ball and, Someone made a, made a um, comparison the other day that I thought, ah, yeah, that's it. Zlatan Ibrahimovic. I know it's not just because they're both Swedish, but that Sweet. sort of tall, leggy, touch is brilliant, movement. Maybe it's not quite Zlatan, but that, that was the be- the best comparison I've, I've heard so far, I think. See, I think Zlatan. I think it's Thierry Henry that he's stylistically most like. Because Henri was tall yeah. but elegant with it and a good dribbler he'd cut in from the left. He would he'd have like a mixture of power, pace, and technical ability and also like awareness. And mm. I know obviously Henri is one of the greatest strikers there's ever been. But... Yeah, let's like combine Henri, Zlatan, maybe a bit of Messi, Ronaldo, <laughs> Pele, Maradona, and then you've probably getting somewhere close to Isak, which is good. Yeah. Oh, I love him. Absolutely love him. <laughs> but yeah. Let's get down to the uh to the to the kind of nub of it here as we close, Ollie. What's your prediction? So I actually think I think both teams will score. I think there'll be a game of goals. I mean, Liverpool, they've got, I mean, we've already mentioned their midfield's full of attackers there. So Bosley and McAllister are definitely not holding midfielders and they haven't really got enough. Well, aside from Endo, they haven't really got a natural number six. So I think there'll be quite an attacking game end to end. Um, and I think I think we're going to beat them. You know, I've got a, I just have a feeling when Newcastle have just lost a game. When it's at St James's Park, it's it's half four, so the the atmosphere should be great. I'm sure there'll be people full of drink at the game, and it'll just be I think it'll be electric. So I do think it's important we start well because if we can get them on the back foot, if we can rattle them, if we can force them to sort of struggle to play out from the back and really win those midfield battles early on, then I think if we 
you know what it's like. It's in James's park. It becomes like a lion's den, doesn't it? If you get a team on the back foot, if you score early, if you get the the fans up. So I think we'll come out the traps flying. And I think I'm going to say two one Newcastle. I just really fancy. That. I don't think I don't think Liverpool are quite the same like machine they were a few years ago. And obviously that midfield isn't settled yet. And 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 yeah, going by our last home game, I really think will cause problems. So yeah, I think two one. Brilliant. I'm going to go 2 0 to us. I think we're going to shut them out. I think Sir Bosley is going to leave the pitch crying. And I think Jurgen Klopp's going to go into the centre circle to apologise for everything he's ever said after the match. And then Salah will announce at the end of the game he's going to Saudi. Yeah, half time, actually. He's going to leave at half time. The <laughs> private player, a helicopter's going to land on the pitch like it took off Keegan uh, when he stopped playing. And he's gonna, just going to go off. Uh, no, I think 2 0. I think 2 0. I'm going to be positive 2 0. Nice. And uh, we're going to shut them out. And Salah's, yeah, not going to score. No, none of them are. And we're going to get two goals one at Bond by Isak and one by Wilson after he comes on. No, yeah, I mean, I was just thinking as well of like thinking about the game and how it might pan out. And even if we do go for an unchanged team, it's so refreshing to see the options we've got on the bench, isn't it? So going from the back, if if anything happened to Trippier, you've got Livramento, you've got Lewis Hall if we needed a more attacking left back who could come on. You've got Elliot Anderson, Sean Longstaff in midfield, and that doesn't even count Joe Willock, who'll be back in a few weeks. On the left wing, you could bring on Harvey Barnes. You've got Callum Wilson, who like you say, it's it's almost unfair that he might not start another Premier League game. And then I think another one who we wouldn't have talked about like this a few years ago, but even Jacob Murphy's often come on and made him an impact every time he seems to come on as a sub. I mean, against Villa, I thought he was brilliant when he came on. He was taking on men and he got the assist for Barnes's goal. So I think what's great now about Newcastle is that even if things are going wrong, we've got so much more quality and um, options on the bench to, to bring on. So, so yeah, it's exciting, isn't it? The depth we've got now. Yeah, massively exciting. So we've got uh, a couple of days. We're recording this on Friday, obviously, so I don't know when you're listening to it, but a huge game coming up Sunday afternoon. If we win it, then uh, we're going to win the league. We're going to win the World Cup, aren't we? No, <laughs> there we go. But uh, yeah, no, thank you very much for listening, everyone. If you like the show, please five star, write a review, subscribe, post it on Twitter, follow us on Twitter, NUFC Blogcast. Email us with any questions, NUFCBlogcast at gmail.com. We will be back with a review of that match probably on Monday. Is that right, Ollie? Yeah, I mean, we've been looking at trying to do sort of immediate reaction podcasts where, if possible, I'll um, sort of be recording straight after uh, straight after the game and on my on my walk back to the car. But uh, so yeah, well, I think we'll try and get one of those out. But if not, we'll definitely be back. Yeah, Monday or Tuesday, I think. And next week's a big week because the group stage for the Champions League, the draw is on Thursday. So we'll definitely be talking about that as well as we preview Brighton for next weekend as well. So thank you very much, Ollie. Thank you very much for everyone for listening. Goodbye, Ollie. You say goodbye. Thanks for listening, everyone. See you later. Podcast Network.